And welcome to True Story. Uh, my name is Mike Doty. My name is Dave Holmes. Hey, man. Hey, how are you? Good. I-, I thought this episode was, except for the art gallery, it was not great, but the art gallery was worthwhile. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the episode that I remember the least. Of, I, really? Of, well, I mean, so, so far, so of the three. Right. I, I, it's the one that, uh, that I don't, I don't know that I ever actually saw because I feel like I can't imagine that I would have forgotten Eric and, and that, uh, and that girl. Oh, yeah, that and, was this and, episode. And, yeah. How did, uh, if it had like the most explicit sex scene of, like, hot yes oh my god they were like doing it they were essentially doing it she yes. was beautiful he is he is out of this world yes they went they then went shopping at trash and vaudeville trash where he vaudeville. she put him in a pirate saw. outfit yeah. yeah yeah which is not it's not unlike what you might have seen it it, it was what was starting to go out right. of style well i guess it was fully out of style by 1992 it's something that you might have seen on a on a you know in a warrant video yeah was that was that completely out the door by 92 or was that still I think that it was I th- yeah I think it was almost fully extinct right you know like the, Jenny Lane's famous story of like uh, uh, he you know he went to his labels office and there was yeah. where there had been the big sign for Cherry Pie it was replaced by the big sign for the Alice in Chains yeah yeah I yeah think probably that Alice in Chains album came out in like 92 yep. or something yep. This it was prime time that was a prime time for uh for grunge and all things alternative. It was, yeah. I mean, and indeed, this series was a signal moment in that change right. to the, to the uh, uh, you know, whatever, alternative 90s period. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I will say, uh, we should point this out uh, to the listener. Uh, we are trying to get our hands on original episodes yes. from season one. Uh, I have... Uh, a person who may or may not be a source at Bunim Murray who might be able to get us uh, copies of the originals with the original music. Right. Uh, what we are watching is what is available to the world uh, on Hulu, which has replacement music in it, right. um, which is sometimes extremely identifiable. Like you can tell when they're when they're biting, uh, been caught stealing, or right. feels good by Tony, Tony, Tony. Well, you can, you can tell, Dave Holmes. You are a master tell. at being able to tell oh, you, what the fake gotten, music is supposed got, to be. You've gotten a couple, man. I like. Thank you. you. I feel like know. I don't have your but there's, skills. There, thank you. There, there are a lot that I don't get. And then it's also, there's the problem of a lot of like uh, the, the gay bar music that they oh, were playing. There, yeah. There's a lot of like, you know, C.C. Peniston or maybe Robin S. Mm. or maybe, you know, whatever. Right. And all that stuff was kind of interchangeable anyway. So right. it's I hard mean, to tell exactly what they were that is That is one of my favorite, favorite kinds of music. I was listening to, you know, the... Bizarre Ink song. Not that you would, anyone would know that. Wow, waste your time. You know no, you're going to Yeah, it's, I'm going to yeah, get yeah. you, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I'm listening to that. Yes, I am. There's, sure. a, there's a grand total of like 10 words in the whole song, mm-hmm. and I love that. Do you like I'm Beautiful, Damn It? Oh, I don't, I can't remember that often. I'll play it later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, at the time, uh, I hated it all because, because it was everywhere and it was just starting to go to gay bars and all mm. that. And so, like, it drove me crazy because I think that was my internalized homophobia going nuts, oh. and like, and the one thing that I felt safe blaming it on was the music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's just kind of the way that I think, or whatever. So, so I hated all that music, but now that now I look back, 
and it was actually kind of a beautiful shining moment. Oh, I thought I I loved that kind of music. I used to go to Wigstock every year. Oh, I loved that. Like no, my Wigstock clubbing was thing was it was either Bridge and Tunnel or Gay. Mm-hmm. Like that, those were the clubs where you would actually hear non self conscious right. music in terms of dance music. Speaking of. Uh, of uh, sublimated uh, uh, homophobia. Right. Norman yes. says he is bisexual. Yes, he does. People yes, he does. did that at the time. Oh, sure. People probably still do that now. Really? And in fact, actual bisexuals who do exist uh, <laughs> are driven uh, crazy by that, I am led to believe. Yeah. Uh, you know, I say bisexuals do exist. I can't say that I know too many. I, but I know that they do because right. I, I read stuff from them and, and whatever. I try to keep up. I try to keep up with my alternative sexualities. And uh, and I, I know that there's a big movement toward bisexual visibility because, really? because so many people um, – I know Dan Savage says a lot of stuff where he's, you know, like typically mm. – and he's not wrong. Like bisexuality is often a way station toward – Homosexuality. I was more comfortable saying I was bisexual. Well, did you ever. really do that? Oh, for sure. I it actually it made it easier to digest. In the eighties, I told people I'm bisexual because really? I really wanted to be bisexual. Because yeah. you know what, Lou Reed and Iggy Pop and David Bowie. Sure. I thought that was like the advanced rock and roll way of being. Uh-huh. So I was like, yeah, I'm bisexual. I'm bisexual. Sure. And there was this other kid who was the opposite bisexual, and that he did not want to deal with being gay. Mm-hmm. And we ended up fooling around yeah. in in college, and it was this real it was this really interesting moment of like two people in denial doing yeah. this weird thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah, like uh, you were you met at a station going opposite directions. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he had what? Any good? I mean, is it a, ex- is it a, I mean, not not that it like was it hot? Like, is it a pleasurable experience? Do you do you look at yes. it as like a fun, innocent, youthful romp, or is it like no? It was definitely a youthful romp. Definitely okay. a very uh, innocent, um, sort of a very glowy memory of it. Very sure. sort of sentimental, and yeah. and it's cr- it's crazy because this this guy was from from like deep in Brooklyn and like super homophobic sure. uh, upbringing. Sure. And so like I was kind of his intro to being gay. Oh, what a great As intro. a straight guy. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, it was really weird. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's someone's uh, Sherpa. Um, <laughs> it's it's so it's so yeah, so it's a pleasant memory and not like not Michael Fassbender at the end of Shame. No. Where he's like, here's how far he's fallen. He's getting a blowjob from a dude. Can you <laughs> oh, believe it? Oh, really? Is that what happens? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. It's a good movie otherwise. No, no pun it's intended. Like, good yeah. lord. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a good movie otherwise and, and, and all that. But yeah, it's, it's kind of like there's ominous music as a guy goes down on him. And it's like, come oh, on. Man. Let the man just have a blowjob in peace. You don't have to fucking judge him with the music. Yeah. Steve McQueen. Anyway, oh well, right, so this is a big Andre centric episode. I'm it, sorry to, to just well, dive right in. I, I did just want to say that say? that Norman, on the other hand, I'm pretty sure is gay, not that bisexual. Yeah. There, there's like a cuddle puddle happening. Sure. Well, they're all like mildly drunk, mm-hmm. um, and it's like Becky is on him and Julie is under him and Heather is like petting him. Yeah. That would not happen if there was anything heterosexual about him that's true yeah that's a very good point yeah it's a very good point uh but but it's it's a thing that makes it easier to deal with and and i remember doing it for myself uh 
my my best friend in high school and I both have turned out to be gay. And but we once we started to like express feelings about boys to each other, right. I kind of felt like he was a safe person to talk to. He felt that way about me. But we were, I mean officially our designation to each other was bisexual. bisexual even though we had we never talked about women uh <laughs> we like we both had girlfriends never touched them um like it was you know anytime that we talked to each other about anyone that we were attracted to it was a boy didn't you also have multiple experiences of bumping into your bullies in gay bars no no i thought, I thought you had i thought you had this story of like multiple people that were like hey you fucking thing you bumped into them in gay bars uh, and we're like oh no no oh all right uh, yeah huh either i yeah either i told you some story that wasn't true yeah. in the 90s or you just remembered some shit wrong i guess that's, that's probably the latter yeah you know what we haven't really gotten into our backstory no indeed in fact for- we, you were a human being in the world in 1992 between february and may so i'm curious what that was like for you what was that like for me i was in college i was in um i was in college i was a i guess a sophomore in college yes well i was my it was my second sophomore year i had gotten thrown out of holy cross after my first year after my freshman year for uh, what for never going to class (laughs) ever Right. Uh, I was a disaster. I, I really, I got to college and I was like, you know, I, like I said, I had, I had this sort of safe harbor with, with a good friend of mine in, uh, in high school and he went off to Rice, which has like a, you know, a vibrant gay community and, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's not Catholic and right. you can talk about, you know, Foucault and whatever in class and shit. And, uh, and I went to this very conservative Catholic school where I yeah. felt very adrift right away. And yeah. it was by choice. I went there on purpose. And I, I mean, I think I knew, I think I was trying to like the way that I was tra- telling myself that I was bisexual. I was just trying to like wear the uniform. Were and- you, were you really telling yourself you were bisexual? Like, like at, yes. at the core, yeah. you mm-hmm. weren't just trying to get over. You were, you were like, I'm bisexual, I'm bisexual, I'm bisexual. I'm bisexual. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, that's the way that it's going to be. And like, I might have some fun, you know, experiences with boys, but eventually I'll marry a woman and have kids wow. and everything will be normal. Yeah. Wow. Um, Yeah. Didn't happen, and that's fine. Um, so, so I got—I had gotten thrown out. I spent n- the school year of ninety and ninety-one at Washington University in St. Louis. So I was taking night classes, uh-huh. and I got my grades back up, and then I went back to Holy Cross, which, like, the world was telling me I didn't belong there, but I didn't. Right. And I went back, and uh, and I got in kind of at the last minute. And the only place where I could live, I was living off campus uh, in a house. Uh, on a hill that was like this, the, the steepest hill I've ever seen. And it was a place where it was constant weather and, uh, and like uh, people were constantly falling down. Um, and I lived with um, three guys who I didn't know. Uh, but they like the, the person who was in the fourth bedroom had gotten himself thrown out and they needed mm. a fourth roommate. And so I went in and we got along badly and I smoked two packs a day probably wow. i was just like an angsty depressed person who sat in front of the television all right. day long um and i listened and, to a lot of music and uh that was the year of nirvana you know that was the school right. year where nevermind blew up sure sure and and pearl jam and whatnot and uh and then like that year i started to a little bit um hop on the bus and go into boston and i would go i would go to gay bars on my own wow. and, like just sneak out and i met my first sort of few like boy 
friends or whatever. I went to uh, I went to um, Provincetown for the first time. Oh probably my that god! May. Yeah, uh, which set me back a year because it was just so in your face, crazy gay, and I just wasn't ready to deal. Wow. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a turbulent oh, wow. year for me. It was a real turbulent year. I think yeah. we were all. It's someday there will be a '90s miniseries like there was for the '60s. Uh, yeah, I mean, Amy Smart and Jerry I, O'Connell. I think the 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 Brits have made one, but I actually think that's about the late '80s. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's coming. We were all we were going. It was a, a, a period of change. No, yeah, it was a period of great a change. transitional moment. So it wasn't no party. It wasn't no disco. It mm, wasn't no fooling around. No fooling around. Of course not. Very alternative and cutting edge. I'm but sorry, I keep did, interrupting. No, no, no. I was just wondering if you if you were watching this very program in uh, that, that summer. I sure that was. summer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it premiered in May of 1992, yeah. and I don't think I ever missed it. I mean, I, it was just one of those. I, I clearly must have missed this episode because I know that this would have been spank yeah. back material for years. Huh. That Eric on the on the filthy mattress. Yeah. <laughs> this dirty British girl who smokes. Oh boy. Uh, so yeah, I, I probably missed that uh, this one, but I don't think I missed a, a single other one. And I and I know that I saw them many many times more in the years that followed when they would do marathons on oh. Saturday afternoons, and my roommates and I would be hungover, and we'd get McDonald's delivered. Oh, yeah. We well, you could get McDonald's season. delivered? Oh, in Manhattan, you could, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I actually, the, the real world is really my heroin show. Really? Because I, like, I had, like, my heroin year that sort of destroyed me, and then I remade myself. Yeah. But, um, and that was what year? 99. 99. So I knew you. Oh, yeah. You year. totally knew me. Yeah. I had I, no idea. Well, I had some idea. <laughs> I did. I, I did a shit ton of coke in your bathroom at a couple really? of parties. Yeah. Wow. And then I got uh, him green. I had no idea. Really? Mm-hmm. I um I like assaulted a guy who was a colleague of yours. Oh. Um. Ass- oh, I know. I know. Yes, I think you know, I know who I'm you're talking about. But I didn't even know about that until years and years later. Oh yeah, I, I was just like, give me some of your coke. Give me some of your coke. Give me some of your. <laughs> and he would he, not have any. He was not giving me. I wouldn't have given. Me. I would imagine that most of the people at my parties. Would would not have any. No. Unless there was some sort of secret underground situation happening. Yeah. I just was sure. But at, at any rate, um, uh, transitional time. Um, and, well, look, this episode, Andre heavy. Andre's uh-huh. the bip. His presence neither adds Andre nor distracts. Bip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I'm just trying to figure out who my colleague was. Did you oh. see me just check out? Uh, it was a uh, because uh, uh, I was thinking of somebody else. I was thinking of someone else that we know in common who I don't. Rem- uh, but that's that's another story. Right, right. I don't. I don't want to say on there. No, no, no. You won't. He you may have well to. have been doing cocaine in the back. Well, he. W- I think he was going in there with a girl. Okay. And I was like, okay, maybe, okay. maybe he was hipper than I was and prioritized sex over drugs. We'll, but we'll, we'll talk about it. Know. We'll talk about it off mic. Yes, that'll be a private conversation. God Almighty, we haven't even gotten into the episode yet. Yeah, I'm sorry, I keep getting discursive, and that's fine. That's what our fans come that, to the show for. That's what the that's what the 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 story. Dave and Mike is. being discursive. Yeah, it's what it's what the fans want. I mean, I, I read the emails and the tweets. <laughs> okay, uh, so Andre Heavy episode. Andre Heavy episode naturally makes it kind of boring. Um, the art. Let's, okay, let's just. I'm sorry. I can't yes. Know, let's just discuss Andre. Sure. Uh, grunge personified. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, he. It, this is right at the cusp of. of Seattle, he's he he and his band could be Citizen Dick from Singles. Oh God! Right? Yeah. So I mean, he, that's clearly what he is there. That's the role right. that he's there to, right. to to fill. Yeah, 
I mean, and I think a lot of those grunge guys were so hair metal guys trying to do something else. Sure. And that had, clearly is what he is. Yeah, they had the pirate shirt two years before. Yes, they and then did. they sold it to yeah. Trash and Vaudeville. And they, they, so their rehearsal place is in a house, terrible shabby house somewhere in New Jersey mm-hmm. where uh, there, there's nothing on the walls but a Soundgarden poster. And a Madonna poster. Oh, there was a Madonna poster. There was a Madonna oh, poster, right. which is yeah. a weird... It's a weird pairing. Right. I mean, I guess not that weird. Pretty basic, actually, when you when you look back on yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and yeah, house in Jersey, gig in Staten Island. Raindance mm. is not really killing it. No, no, sadly. Um, I mean, you know, Andre, I just don't spend a lot of time on Andre in my right. consciousness. Here's Andre. Andre, here, here's the kind of person Andre is, at least in this show. And who, know, who knows what kind of person he is in real life? Nobody yeah. really knew how to perform or how to, how to brand themselves no. or whatever back then. So I'm, I'm wrong to bash him, but I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> in one of his uh, interviews, uh, he says, I'm one of those people who doesn't like being sick. <laughs> what? I mean... Andre, nobody, that's what sick is, is the state of being that you don't want to be in. During that interview, they have him posed at the window, and he's looking out upon a man playing the solo saxophone Uh uh on the street. Yep. Uh, It was really, it was very forced and kind of beautiful in its forcedness. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's like when somebody... Like on their, you know, Tinder or whatever, right. you know, dating profile is like, I'm, I like to have fun. <laughs> like, of course you do. The, of course you do. Women on Tinder always say, I'm equally uncomfortable in high heels and jeans. Yeah. They always say that. Yeah. yeah. Equally uncomfortable? Equally comfortable. You said uncomfortable. I did. Freudian. Ooh. I don't know what Freudian thing you were just expressing that. No wonder I'm doing so yeah, bad Yeah. Every, everybody Tinder. thinks they have a good sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody thinks they're not funny. Uh, nobody thinks they have bad taste. Yeah. Everybody thinks they know how to have fun. And guess what? 95% of people don't actually yeah. know how to have fun yeah. or enjoy it. But they're they enjoy by. being sick. And they sure do. They sure do. Uh, okay, so yeah, Andre. Um, oh, I should point out that a lot of the um, a lot of the temporary or replacement music that is used in this episode uh, puts me in mind of the Robin Bird show. Oh yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh I, I definitely, I can see dirty people with zits on their thighs stripping to it. Well, that I mean, that was something that was also on cable. Oh God, in New York City right alongside the real world because because mm-hmm. mtv was 20 and the, all that least access mm-hmm. robin bird stripper stuff was on 35 35 yeah i loved it yeah. oh man i never i never missed it no oh, wow. i loved you couldn't you couldn't tell the when i moved there in 90 94 you couldn't tell and, and throughout the 90s you couldn't tell the new episodes from the ones that had been made in like 1988 oh yeah you know the hair was basically the same the music was basically the same isn't she kind of still doing it she's though? still kind of doing it yeah wow. she was just on sandra bernhard's show on, oh uh, on Sirius. yeah she got attacked by a raccoon in fire island there i know a lot of things <laughs> Bird, turns out anyway you, sorry. you work for Sirius. you learn things you do you, you see a different things. side of life you hear things but okay let's talk so uh i when when I was headed over to, to sit down and do this podcast, I mm-hmm. thought, what if the show isn't as good as I thought it was? Right. I'm here to tell you right now, I think it is better than I thought it was. Yeah, this is a disappointing episode. Still riveting. There, there was a moment where they... Uh, so uh, Heather and Julie are playing Scrabble, right? And the word that Julie has chosen is corn fan. Corn fan. Corn fan. And she, so she explains 
to Heather what a corn fan is, which is clearly bullshit. She's just making it up. Mm-hmm. And so they cut from the corn fan dialogue to Becky saying on the phone, I was going to make Cornish game hens for everyone. So great. Just like an excellent moment of, uh, yeah. A 25-year-old in, you know, in the biggest kitchen she's seen in four years, probably. Yes. She moved to New York out of college. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, maybe going to cook Cornish game hens. Do you remember, did you ever do that? Did you ever have like... Your first, like, sort of grown-up dinner party. Like, I know what I'm going to do. Oh, Lord. I had a couple I... when I was 24, and then never again until I was, like, 42. Wow. Can you can you get it done? You like? Make oh, yeah. I love to cook. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. But, I mean, when I was 24, I didn't know what the fuck yeah. I was doing. No, and I... neither did she. Mm. She put a fucking chicken on a pan. Probably everybody got trichinosis. Oh, you're not supposed to put chicken on a, on oh, a pan? Oh, I'm sure she did, but, I mean, who knows if she cooked it all the way through. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. making a lot of assumptions she's about, Becky. about Becky. Yeah. yeah. She's Becky, and she's very, she's clearly the sex pot at, uh, of this show. Uh, really? I think so. I think they try to make her that. Um, because, okay, there there's talk of Gilligan's Island in this episode. Yes. Right? Yes. Where, where it's like. People sort of mutually agree that she would be the ginger. Right. right? There is also, unrelated at the art show much later, a, a still picture of Tina, Tina Louise. Louise. And th- it was that time in the 90s where you could just put something on the wall from the 60s or 70s. Yeah. Unretouched and just be like, that's art. Yeah. Here's a picture of the Brady Bunch. Yeah. That's art. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that like nostalgia and obsession with pop culture and all that was like unusual? Yes. In 19. 19- like when, when, uh, remote control came out. Like yes. It was, it was groundbreaking. Yeah. Not only in its tone, but in its subject matter because you didn't like to, to study the Brady Bunch. Yes. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. W- you could seem avant-garde just talking about, yes. uh, you know, Gidget. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is essentially, that is basically how they characterize uh, um, Ethan Hawke's character in Reality Bites. Is he just like says a bunch of commercial, oh, I'm bursting with fruit flavor or whatever. Oh. That's how, like, that tells us so much about him. Huh. He's kind of an artist and he's kind of, he was a latchkey kid and whatever. Well, in this scenario, I think quite cogently, Norman says, I'm Marianne, mm-hmm. and then Julie says, I'm Gilligan. Mm-hmm. And I think Julie is absolutely a Gilligan. Yeah, I think so. I mean, in, in terms of the roles on the sure. show. I also, I, the thing I noticed about Julie is, you know, they don't put a lot of makeup on her. No, or she doesn't put a lot of makeup on herself. She's no. like really kind of severely unretouched in yeah. terms of uh, how we see people on TV now and indeed how real world cast members looked you know four years later one year later yeah yeah I mean yeah it's uh a Tammy would not appear on camera no without makeup indeed yeah yeah. a a Beth please (laughs) please Beth took an hour getting ready in the world yeah yeah uh yeah no she's she's uh she's fresh-faced beautiful skin I mean you can't blame her for not wearing a, a bit of makeup sorry uh okay so Becky cooks dinner Becky cooks dinner. Uh, they go to the Roxy and roller skate. That's sure. another thing that happens. Uh, um, did we go to the Roxy? Oh, oh and the oh, line, please. we stopped it and, and rewound it yes, to we make did. sure yes, we, we heard it right. Yes, we did. Julie's talking on the phone about the night at the roller rink, and uh-huh. she says, uh, they played a lot of disco-y music. There's a lot of homosexual skating. Right. Now, we have different takes on this. Yes. One. We have different interpretations. Yes. Uh, I believe that she said, there are a lot of homosexuals skating. <laughs> I believe she said there's a lot of homosexual skating. Yeah, the the skating itself is homosexual it's a in kind, nature. It's a kind of skating. Right. Yeah. Which is not dissimilar 
from, no. from my interpretation. No, indeed. Uh, and really, the problematic part is that she follows it up with, isn't that funny? Yeah. Which, I mean, it would be in 1992. It would be if you're, if you're from, you know, if you got on a plane at the Birmingham airport <laughs> under a Confederate flag well, and your dad didn't know you said, but. This is the first, yeah. Oh, my God. that This is the first episode where there really is uh, a discussion of Norman's sexuality True. he's bisexual i mean in the sort first of. episode it kind of brushes past like oh my partner blah 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 but yeah. as you said could be a business partner i think that it is because he and i'm sorry to interrupt but i think he starts dating later in the in the season so oh. i feel like maybe they weren't like partners oh partners. really huh. yeah well so the bisexual thing and then they just get past that as quickly as they can yeah and then there's this there's this whole thing of Heather going, Norman's really fun. He just he's fun. He he really makes you feel fun. Yeah. Which is a way of saying he's gay. Yeah, he's flamboyant. Yes. Yeah, he's colorful. Yes. He's festive. And then he's he, frolicsome. <laughs> he reads a, a, a parody uh sort of uh avant-garde poem mm-hmm. at dinner over the Cornish game hen. Yeah. Which is quite hilarious and which I enjoyed. Yeah. And yeah, I mean Norman is one of my all times. Sure. Love Absolutely. Norman. Yeah. yeah. He's on my team. Oh yeah. I mean in in a variety of ways. Yeah. One thing I love about Norman is throughout the show, he grows the goatee, shaves it off, grows it, shaves it off. And in the course of an episode, he is like the the destroyer of continuity Absolutely. because they will cut to him with the goatee talking mm-hmm. about whatever's happening in the room and then cut back and he doesn't have the goatee. You can and never get away with that these days. Yeah. You can never get away with that these days. Yeah. And we, we ate it up. We didn't give a shit. Um, I uh, would like to talk about... Um, the woman in uh, in Eric's uh, photo shoot. Yes. Because I feel like, and I don't recall if she ever makes another appearance, because other, other women do come in and out, but I feel like she has the potential to be, um, not, uh, Nancy Spungen is not Ooh. exactly the, the, the name that I'm reaching for here, but I feel like she has the potential to take him down. You know what I mean? Like, she's, she's a bad girl. Right. She she smokes. She dates a lot of rock stars. Well, m- one of my favorite sad moments is is Eric goes, yeah, well, she dates a lot of rock stars. I don't know what she sees in me. And I thought, oh. she sees an opportunity to be on television. Certainly. Yeah. Oh, also, a fucking hot dude. True. To put your hands all yes. over. Yes. Jesus. Have you noticed how often uh, Eric says whatever? He just ends everything oh, wow. with whatever. No. Oh, yeah. He ends everything with whatever. Wow. Um what was the line? I'm looking at my notes, which are extensive. Yeah. Um, uh, it was, he said something like, um, you know, her hands were all over my body and whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you're the one who told me, and I've repeated this story a million times. And if, uh, if it's potentially slanderous or whatever, we'll bleep this person's name out. Yes. But, uh, you were on tour. <laughs> With uh, with G Love, who's one of my all times. Yes. He's he is my longest running crush, probably. Really? Oh, I think he's gorgeous. Oh. Great eyebrows, great lips. Mm. Um and you I guess he had said to you, um, because like somebody like his girlfriend was pregnant or whatever, and he said to you like he said, Congratulations and he said, Yeah, I've gotten a lot of girls pregnant. I'm like really potent and whatever. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I've repeated that a <laughs> thousand times. A thousand times. Yes. Didn't diminish my love of him one bit. Oh, indeed. Mm. Indeed. It, it amplified it, I yeah, hope. Absolutely. God yeah. damn it. Get me pregnant. Um, okay, so we're at... Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about the art show also, because I feel like there is, with the Tina Louise portrait right. and the uh, the Neil and Peep 
there's a thing where you like there's a little peephole oh, and, yeah. and, th- and and if i know my art of 1992 yeah and, and the fact that we're, we're probably starting to think about like how much time we're spending in front of the television yeah whatever oh my God. reality tv hadn't even begun it's probably like there's either a mirror in there mm-hmm. or it's like you look through and it's the show and it's like that's the whole thing you're watching you're a yeah. passive observer of this <laughs> art oh show or God. something there's and then a lot of fucking whack art the guy says oh Though this is me documenting my masturbating in 1979. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man, some hot 1979 yeah. com on a on a Dude. on a canvas. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty buff. That think? was kind of buff. Yeah, buff. it was not uh, uh, slamming. No, it was not slamming at all. Yeah. How did that? How did that I was you? bugging because it was sure. buff. Sure, yeah, yeah. I was fronting. Uh, how did that feel? That use of buff. That felt. It felt. Uh, it felt like I should explain it after you said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'll, like, if if we keep hitting it, it might start to feel more normal. It seems like the, unless, you, as you suggested in the earlier episode, we make it, yo, that shit is really Buffalo Bill starring Dabney <laughs> Coleman. Buffalo Bill starring yeah. Dabney Coleman as yeah. a uh, talk show host. Um, also, Andre plays three maracas. Yes, indeed. Is that, indeed I mean, is. I'm not a musician. Is that too many maracas? That's too, too many to maracas. Me standards. Yeah, Standard. I mean, really, one is a lot of maracas. Right. Have you ever, nobody mics maracas or tambourines. That's true. It's because that shit is loud. Yeah. 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 Oh, on the percussion tip, uh, I think it was in this episode. Yes, it was. Because uh, Julie, of course, like, can't figure out the subway to save her life. Right. It's, you know, and there are maps everywhere. So she <laughs> right. could figure it out if she wanted to. Seems like that's some learned helplessness. Right. But she, uh, she finally gets herself to the Broadway dance center. Center and uh, and like the male Debbie Allen, yeah, just smacking it like a, he's he's hitting a, a, a tambourine, a tambourine yeah. with a drumstick, yeah, yeah, just barking orders. I yeah. love that. That's- I think he just like the pastor. Knew a camera crew was coming, and he was yeah. like, "Today, today's yeah. the time to bring it." Yeah, because he said he says to her like, "This is your home," and, yeah. and I'm saying like, "This is not. You're not really saying this to the 19 year old Broadway dance." Yes, yeah. Why don't you settle yeah. down? Um, I actually n- dated a woman who, well, I was like madly in love with her. We were, we were like, it was like the first real relationship I was ever in in my 20s. She had gone to uh, uh, Broadway Dance Center with Julie. Really? Yes. And, and the crews and everything. No, not not with the camera crews. This was like after. Because she stayed. She stayed and she kept dancing. God bless and, you, Julie. And uh, yeah, and my then girlfriend, like, you know, obviously threw a lot of shade. I didn't realize until like 10 years ago, she looks exactly like Julie. Oh. She really looks like, like a slightly flatter head. Uh-huh. It's like it's sort of like if you did like the league thing. It's like she's like one half a league below. I see Julie. Uh huh. So yeah, and I always I always just look at Julie and be like, man, she's really cute. Well, I wish make I had a girlfriend like that. Jealousy. Yeah, and, yeah, and like um, I had no idea that I she looked exactly like my girlfriend at the uh-huh. time. Uh-huh. Wow. Did she ever come and see you uh, play a gig in Staten Island at a place that looked like Pee Wee's Playhouse? I don't think she did. Okay. Yeah, that was really, that was advanced decor for a in, for Staten, in Staten Island. Island. I mean, now that I'm an expert, but I wonder if the red spot is still around. It feels like a place is probably not still around. I feel I feel like I would have I played a gig there if yeah. it were still around. The I'm decor sh- was very like, they were playing with perspective a bunch. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? It was like that thing where it, like, it looks like the room is really deep, but it's not. It's just a flat wall. Right, right. right? And that fifth. 50s thing they did a lot in uh in the the 80s yeah they were all about like that weird kind of like that aqua color fridge and right. the pink wall and stuff like that yeah i miss yeah. that i miss that sort of aesthetic we could bring it back we could, i mean it will come back it's things not are cyclical but yeah it, it's yeah it was very things were very kitsch 
Yes. You know what I mean? Like th- things were, um, I'm watching a lot of Facts of Life these days because oh, they rerun oh. it on Logo. So I set a season pass and I said, keep as many episodes as you can. <laughs> so I literally have like a hundred or something episodes. Seriously. Holy shit. I have the final one where Blair buys Eastland and becomes the headmaster, the headmistress, I guess. Um, I have the one where uh, Natalie has sex for the first time. Wow. I have, oh God, yeah. I have, do you have the I, European? Uh, uh, that, no, I don't have the movie where they go to Paris. Oh. Uh, I have, um, uh, I have a lot of the George Clooney ones. He is wow. absolutely gorgeous. Um, and, but there's the whole season with Cloris Leachman where they have the, the wacky store where everything is a, a pastel color. <laughs> everything they wear is a pastel color. Uh, everything has shoulder pads. They sell wacky pens, right. you know, with like little swirlies on top and whatever. It's It was a real, there was a real moment where things were, yeah. like everything was a, uh, everything was Pee Wee's Playhouse. And it, it was just a hop, skip and a jump from the world where you could just be like, blah, 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 Columbo and, mm-hmm. and sound mm-hmm. arty. And, and right. Hip. You could do air quotes. Yes. And that was like, that was clever. Yes. Right. Well, it's a swell. It's when people began talking about irony. Uh-huh. Like, oh, it's ironic. Sure. Yeah. Spy Magazine. Was, oh, Spy Magazine was the shit, it man. It was the shit. So great. And. So good. And now, now everyone thinks they're Spy Magazine. At that time. Uh, Spy Magazine was headquartered in the Puck Building. That was my dog. I'm sorry. Oh. It's fine. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. Uh, at the time, Spy Magazine was, was headquartered in the Puck Building mm-hmm. four blocks from the real world. Oh, loft. my God. Yep. Everything fucking begins and ends in Soho. Yep. Yeah, it sure does. Wow. All right, final thoughts? We're, we're sort of a half hour in. Uh, we're yeah, 32, 33 minutes oh, in. Oh, dude, this is, this is an epic episode for I one know, for, that we were like... it was really pretty boring. Yeah. Uh, let me just let me just look through my notes really yeah, yeah, quickly. Yeah, I'm checking. Uh, out as well. Norman's painting that's an aerial shot of the suburbs. Yeah, I uh, like that. Yeah, so I feel like there's some good circle work in there. <laughs> circle work. I think they, yeah. Uh, bu- 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 masturbation, 1979. Sure. Oh, uh, uh, Julie saying they never even look at the art. It's just a social thing. Well, I mean, Julie, what do yeah. you expect? Let's see, it is a party. Uh, Norman calling himself a Pisces and explaining that he's quote unquote bisexual. Right. And, and because he's a Pisces, he's always looking for other fish, which I don't think that's. Yes. I don't. That doesn't ring true to me. I don't know my astrology, but that did not seem. But I am a Pisces and actually, you know what? He's not wrong in that regard. I'm restless. I would say that, uh, one thing I've noticed is the sweetness of the show. Yeah. Like there's a very sweet tone that they have and it's, Mm -hmm. um, because really, at the time, it felt so edgy. And right. I can see the edgy stuff because, you know, like the the, the rape song uh, yes. by Heather B. And, um, you know, like the, the sex on a dirty mattress with the photographer. And, uh, you know, you can see that that shockingness. But the, but we're we are like a century from Omarosa. Oh, yeah. yeah we are. Yeah. He's so, so well, new. I think because nobody knew what was going to come after. Right. You know what I mean? They didn't know. They're like, we're going to go do this thing, and then will it lead to something? We don't know. Mm. What would it lead to? We don't know. So there's no need to like put on a persona or to instigate a fight or whatever. Right. Fights will come. We know yes. that. But it's not like they didn't show up You know, trying to anger each other or needle each other or anything like that. It, it, and, and the producers weren't trying to make examples of them right well there were a little bit but i mean there's clearly like provoked mm-hmm. conversations but it wasn't really no like villain they're, yeah. they're not trying to make anybody a villain or yeah. a rube or anything mm-hmm. like that it's just yeah they're letting these moments uh 
and letting these moments play out. Oh, here's the thing that I wrote down that I completely forgot about when uh, when uh, Eric and and uh, Trouble Gal, that's what I call her, uh, <laughs> are smooching on the mattress. Um, the photographer is like, "Great kissing. What better way to have fun?" <laughs> That's right. What better way to have fun than to do some kissing? (laughs) And immediately followed by, I'm one of those people that doesn't like to be sick. (laughs) Oh boy, this is a good one. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, take a break for the for the week. We're gonna we're gonna move out in the actual real world. Yes, for the next several days, and we'll uh, we'll see you for episode four. All right, see you everybody. Bye. 